Hey guys, welcome back to the OPD podcast with Joe and Austin. And today we do have a guest on. So uh, this is a guest that I was wanting to get on the last few weeks. We were able to kind of get a time together. And um, we have Jim Seitzer on the podcast, who is the owner of Band Bell. So if you guys have maybe seen some of my training videos or uh, you know, see me use the different bars. I currently have the Earthquake bar and one of the Emax bars, or the, no, I'm sorry, the Rhino Flex bars. And uh, you guys will probably see me use them. So he's going to tell us all about the company, where it started, when it started, why it started, all that good stuff. Uh, but before we get into any of that, uh, Jim, kind of introduce yourself and let us know, you know, give us a little bit of background. No, thanks, Austin. I appreciate it. Um, Glad to be speaking uh, first time on a podcast to uh, uh, lifters and uh, athletes over in the UK. Uh, I sure see a lot of uh, uh, videos and uh, things that come through on Instagram. So, um, but here goes. Uh, I I started lifting a long time ago, um, and actually was one of the original five lifters that uh, Louis Simmons brought on board. Uh, back in the late 70s when he started to pioneer so much of the strength techniques that are used today around the world. So that original group of five guys, uh, we, I, I call those the, the technical years because that's when Louis was coming up with uh, so many of the great ideas that are being used today like box squats and rack deadlifts and rack benches. Uh, and I remember the night that he came up with the idea for the reverse hyperextension machine, which so many people use, uh, athletes, strength athletes, and all kinds of athletes to strengthen the posterior chain. And it, of course, it doesn't need nothing much else needs to be said about the reverse. Right. Hyper. <clears throat> but, um, uh, but that night uh, when he came up with that idea, um, and he threw some boards up into a high rack system and started doing the basic movement. We, we laughed, we laughed like hell because we thought it was the stupidest thing we ever saw. But then, you know, about five months later, I had 85 pounds on my squat and my deadlift was up big. And that's when we all decided just to listen. And, right. uh, from then on, it was a never ending stream of great ideas. Um, uh, the night that he came up with belt squats, um, you know, percent training, all that kind of stuff. So I consider myself very fortunate and um, had a wonderful, you know, I've trained down there for about 10 years, but uh, learned so much and was there for all the beginning stuff and just a, a really great, wonderful thing. So um, about then I, I continued lifting really heavy for over 30 years. And then back in 2006, started having some shoulder issues. That went on for about a year and two or three months. Couldn't resolve it and uh, thought that I was just going to have to go in and have surgery done. And I was low on one Sunday morning and, uh, you know, just kind of thinking this is it, you know. And I, was, I couldn't even bench a 45-pound bar without both my shoulders just really um, hurting quite a bit. I grabbed a... Uh, seven foot long wooden broomstick handle and I put it in a rack and I hung a couple of 25 pound kettlebells from it and I looked at it and I thought 
well, I'll just take myself over to hospital as soon as I get done doing this because, you know, it's going to, <laughs> it's not going to be good. <clears throat> so I laid down, I did 10 reps with 50 pounds, high kinetically strong on that broomstick handle. And before my feet hit the ground and I was standing upright, I knew something big had happened because I had just did 10 reps with no pain at all. Seven weeks later, I was about 85% back. Two and a half months later, my shoulders were perfect again. And I thought, man, how does this crazy looking setup, which is totally counterintuitive, doesn't make any sense at all. How is it that it healed my shoulders when no one else could do it? None of the therapists, physical therapists, you know, just didn't. So, um, you know, I, of course, told guys at Westside Barbell about it and they didn't like the looks of it at first and uh, because some of those guys did have shoulder issues and they were worried about all that shaky weight hurting their shoulders but it worked and it kept working for people and so finally i i knew i was at the point where i better do something with this idea or risk losing it so i incorporated in 2007 and slowly just started building bamboo and earthquake bars and to where it is today <laughs> that's pretty much the long and short of it right there yeah that's awesome i so you said 2000 around 2006 2007 so when did your first actual like product for sale come out was it right around that time 2007 well i am um, so i i i started making the first versions of the bamboo bar in early 2008 and we made him i made him in my next door neighbor's garage he had a nice woodworking shop there and i went from wooden dowels center dowels which kept breaking all the time right and i played around with different composite materials i needed something stronger but something that could conduct the kinetic energy into the body the way the wood dowel did and wood works fantastic if there was a way to make it super strong it would be great but there's not so uh, just kept playing around with different ideas and kept trying to advance the design and the materials to get where, we're, where we are today, which is uh, the Earthquake and Emacs bar are very, very strong. They're very light and they're highly conductive of kinetic energy. So the body gets all of this um, with, with total safety. Yeah. 2008. That sounds, yeah, that sounds right. And I, I know that you're, you were based in central Ohio. So I'm guessing that that's probably why I was able to see that product kind of early on because it was making its way around that area. Um, because the yeah. very first bar, like the very first bar, if I remember correctly, had the little slits in the end that you put the bands through, right? Right. That was the first design. And right. uh, Louis Simmons at Westside Barbell and all the other guys really liked the but the bar and the concept it worked really well and so i made two or three of them uh just for those guys and um i called that well they called it the bamboo bar i didn't like that term at first because i just didn't like it um but then after six months it was all across the country people were calling it the bamboo bar and i thought well if you can't beat them join them so i stuck with that name and that wound up being a good thing then the guys at Westside said, hey, we really like this bar a lot, but you know what? We don't really care for these slots in there for the bands. 
And I said, okay. So then I came up with an idea called the earthquake bar. And that was in 2011. So got rid of the slots. It actually made the bar a lot stronger. They loved it. It held the bands. It had those notches for the bands. And it just turned out to be a very winning design and a good idea. And it hasn't changed since then. So that was like nine years ago. So um, can I pull back for anyone listening here, just uh, just to get a picture in their head? Maybe maybe they don't have ready access to the internet right now. Like exactly what this is? It's it's a it's a bar like a barbell, um, but it's it's made of a material that's relatively um, has some flexible. It is flexible in nature, right? And let's imagine you were going to do an overhead press. There'd be a, a relative sort of instability, shaky. Use the word like wobbly. Um, that's that's yep. what we're talking about here, right? Yeah, and we actually call it, well, we call it oscillating kinetic energy at first. Um, and now we just call it kinetic training. The researchers at different universities refer to it as unstable load training. Now, that's kind of technical jargon. It's just more fun to call it kinetic training, I think, and most people relate to that. But yeah, you're right. You're completely right. It's uh, it's a very light bar. The Earthquake bar today, it weighs about just, uh, I'd say a little over three kilos. Um, the Emax bar weighs probably, uh, well, that comes in around nine pounds or so. So whatever that is in kilos. Um, very light and very, very strong. So, um, and you have to have that combination because the ratio of kinetic weight to fixed weight, which is bar weight, needs to be at around seven and a half or eight to one. And that's what you have with the earthquake series. If you use a steel barbell, uh, you have a, a fixed rate to kinetic ratio of almost one to one. And steel is a very poor conductor of this kinetic energy that needs to get into the body. So there's two major problems with steel, uh, the ratio and the conductivity. And that's why some people will start out using a steel barbell, but they'll eventually wind up going to something like the earthquake or bamboo bar or something like that, because it's just so much more effective and gets the job done the right way. And would, you, would somebody specifically use this bar for strength adaptations or neurological adaptations, or can we translate it over to skeletal muscle hypertrophy as well? Yeah, I mean, I came up with the idea because I had bad shoulders. Mm. And I thought at first the only thing, well, I just thought the only thing it does is it fixes shoulder problems. And I didn't know why or how. It just, it was a cause and effect situation. So it fixed my shoulders. I was happy. And it also kept them fixed. So as long as I used that bar, uh, my shoulders stayed in really good shape with no pain and no problems. Anytime I got more than three weeks away from it, uh, some of those little issues, those wear and tear issues in there would come uh, back on me. But as uh, long as I kept doing it, it worked. Then people at my training facility would come up to me and they'd say, hey, did you know that your bar does this? Or do you, do you know that it does that? And I would say, what are you talking about? And usually those were issues with stability, um, and form and other things that I 
had never that I had no idea could do. So um, these were like little little gifts <laughs> that the bar also had that I I never I, you know I never anticipated. And today it's actually pretty talented in the things it can do, uh, as you know, with um, balance and stability. It's a great technique teacher. You can't bench press without using perfect form, using the, uh, the earthquake bar. Squats are the same way. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it does these things, but I, I didn't know it at first. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I could say cool. I was like a, a rehab tool initially, and then it translated to so many outcomes. I mean, like Austin, when I watch you doing the, um, the overhead press, I always think, especially if somebody was using, let's say, like a, a real slow tempo with like a metabolic type, focus of of reps the the high threshold motor unit recruitment needed just to keep the stability whilst moving relatively slow i imagine it does have a pretty strong hypertrophy carryover you know once well, you like if you're looking at if you're looking at it from you know because it was originally being used for like rehab like you said and a lot of strength athletes were using that using it but in terms of bodybuilding yeah it's you the reps keep you very honest like you can't you can't just drop the eccentric and then blow through the concentric really fast because the you know, the bar will end up on your face yeah. <laughs> you know and it's you get now you get better at it over time like my rep speed has gone up a little bit with the over time but still it definitely keeps you honest and then what you notice is once you start cuz well, you know when when you start increasing load on things one of the limiting factors is stability mm. and this will help you. So this will also translate over into things like better dumbbell pressing, better flat, you know, better barbell pressing, better squatting, like things like that. If that's, if you're doing those freeway exercises. So yeah. And the, and the, just the amount of uh, recruitment to the muscle is incredible because you can, you can do a set and with that kinetic energy, basically, slow you know making those micro movements of your muscle back and forth the tension the tension is incredible like it's just it's like nothing you'll ever feel because it's constantly keeping the muscle under tension the entire set um exactly yeah yeah and that's and you know the uh some of the new research coming out university of new england in portland maine uh did some of the very first uh, re, uh research on unstable load training and they discovered that using a high kinetic threshold like the earthquake bar uh, caused much greater muscle activation at a lower weight. And that's basically what happens with uh, when you're using it in a rehab or prehab uh, format. Uh, it'll, um, uh, you know, it strengthens the stabilizers and allows them to begin interacting with the primary movers. That is big. That's that is a, a, a major deal right there. So the central nervous system is actually shifting gears and allowing the stabilizers to interact in a slightly different way with the primary movers. And so, you know, that's when it comes to strength training and, uh, and uh, a lot of other important motor movements that that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, that, <laughs> That that helps out a lot. So what sort of yeah. movements are people are people doing here? Is it mostly pressing type stuff or 
uh, rowing, is that involved? Is anybody squatting with these bars, RDLing, deadlifting? Um, well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think probably the least effective exercise with any of the bars, except for like a stiff-legged deadlift, uh, standing up on a bench, is, is the deadlift. Um, and, and that pretty much holds true with the, um, the earthquake versions uh, or in uh, the Rhino Flex. Um, Austin, you've done deadlifting with the uh, Rhino. What do you think about it? Um, yeah, I think it, I mean, I think your observations, right? Like it could, you notice it the least, I guess, because especially with the nature of the exercise where on a deadlift or a rack pull, you're resetting at the bottom. You know, it's the weights basically touching and deloading. Whereas, you know, like a press, you're always holding the weight. I don't notice it as much on, you know, doing those exercises. I don't really use it on any type of, of uh, like deadlift or rack pull movement at this time. Right. Yeah, and a lot of people, um, it, it just doesn't, um, doesn't carry over um, into the deadlift. Um, for for whatever reason, probably because the weight is, uh, you know, hanging from the body and not acting upon the body uh, like all the other lifts, like squatting and overhead pressing and curls and tricep work and you know, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, yeah. it definitely like everything else though. I mean, it definitely works for. I've, I've used it for biceps and triceps, like I did. Uh, one of the exercises I was doing lately was with the earthquake, just like a barbell curl. That works really well. Um, doing like close grip presses or, or like a JM press with with it for triceps works very, very well. Um, and then obviously, you know, people get can get real crazy with it. Like I typically use the uh, that little the little hangers because they're just convenient and I'm lazy. And mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can you can definitely, you know, you can definitely create tons of kinetic energy, start hanging bands and stuff. So, I mean, it can, it has a lot of, uh, a lot of possibilities. Oh yeah. The great thing about it is I tell people all the time that the difference between using bands and weights on something like the earthquake bar and a steel bar, is like the difference between flying and driving. Once you get off the runway and into the air, you now have a new dimension to work with. And, and that's what kinetic training is like. It's multidimensional. It's almost endless in the different variations you can put on it um, because you're adding one set, two set, three sets of bands. Um, you can add different kinds of bands, different kinds of weight, produce different kinds of kinetic output. Kettlebells are at the top of the list. Um, so, and then you can get, combinations of kinetic movements all on one side of the bar by using different uh, weights of bands or different kinds of weight itself. <clears throat> I know that probably sounds a little confusing, but you can thwart accommodation very easily just by this, the multitude of setups you can put on there. So your body never is gonna get tired of using just one particular system, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's simple at first, too. You can, something as simple as, like, if you're using the hangers, you can move them out to the outside versus the inside of the bar. You know, that right there will feel different. And then, 
you know, start hanging bands. And then, I mean, there's just, there's just so many different, um, different ways to do it. And I know I was posting a couple of the videos like that. I was using it for overhead press just kind of for the reason that you had mentioned it because it feels great on my shoulders. And it's, that's the only way that I can really overhead press with any amount of weight. I can do dumbbell presses and I can do dumbbells and barbells, but once I get to any kind of weight that would be effective, I get pain. You know, mm. so, um, but with that, like I've actually used it in an actual progressive fashion. Like I started and I did what I could do and I've actually been progressively overloading on it like an actual barbell press and, uh, yeah, I mean, my shoulders keep growing, so it's <laughs> <There you laughs> something, <laughs> something happening. Yeah. So um, in, well, not just in the UK, so everywhere we've got gym closures. And in my experience, the, the current biggest issue is people not only sourcing stuff to use at home, but also just creating some degree of exercise variety. So by this point, most people have got like a barbell, maybe a few plates, a couple of dumbbells. Maybe they've built a rack or bought a rack or something. Um, you know, so by just getting another bar that isn't a straight bar, we, we have access to a whole new degree of variation here, which is kind of what's piquing my interest right now, um, which is a pretty cool avenue to go down. Um, firstly, do you, do you guys ship to the UK? Yeah, <clears throat> I have been shifting, uh, shipping more to, to the UK um, and uh, the continent too uh, with this shutdown. So mm. generally speaking, if they reach out to... Uh, to us here at um, uh, sales at bambell.com. Uh, we'll, we'll get you guys a shipping quote uh, for wherever it is that, uh, whatever postal code you're at. And then if, if, if that works okay, then we, we, we can ship it over. And it gets over there in about two or three days. It gets over there pretty quick. Yeah, so, it seems to still be pretty good. I had a client actually um, uh, buy some almond butter off of a, another client <laughs> who's in America. <laughs> And he shipped it. Yeah. <laughs> and he got there quick. So. <laughs> he got there pretty quick, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it was like 300 pounds worth of um, nut butters that we don't get over here. <laughs> well, I, wish, I wish you'd send me over some of that good, good English ale because I really like that stuff. I'll tell well, you. I'll trade you some for a bar. How about <laughs> you got a deal, man. You got a deal. <laughs> yeah. Jim, Jim will be sipping on, sipping on his lager and. Uh, Joe will have a new bar. Well, yeah, you know, we'll both be happy. And that's, that's, um, well, I'm all that, over that. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk after this. <laughs> I, I actually live where our, um, I'm sure you know what Carlsberg is. Um, yes. I live right next, I literally live a stone's throw from the Carlsberg factory. And, um, all around the Carlsberg factory, we've got loads of these like little, um, lone distilleries that make, um, ales and and all these things I, I don't know a lot about um brewing and stuff but apparently this is the this is the place to be for a lot of that stuff mm. I, I can see that we're going to have a a wonderful friendship <laughs> <laughs> yeah we joe joe actually because my wife and i went over there two years ago for a seminar and uh we actually got to go in a proper english pub it was pretty oh. cool yeah yeah <laughs> they're wonderful. Oh yeah, um, we did, didn't we? 
So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk a little bit about just the different some of the different bars because you mentioned you mentioned the earthquake and then the Emax bars are are similar in terms of like loadability and stuff although they're just stronger. Um, now you also have the Rhinoflex bars which you can load plates onto. So it's a completely different, you know, it's a completely different setup. Probably not, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but probably not quite as much kinetic energy on those, on those just because the weight's not hanging, you don't have to advance, you know, the bar's not quite as whippy. Right, right. The, here's the best, uh, I'm, let me lay out the, the difference between the two bars and then what we discovered happened. So, you know, yeah, we had the uh, earthquake and bamboo and Emacs bars, which is like for the bigger guys and, and, and that type of thing, little heavier weights. And, and everything was clicking along just right. Um, and then in January of 2016, uh, we had a like a blizzard and I'm sitting in my office and I thought, what would happen if I tried to make a barbell out of the same material that the earthquake bars are made of and I thought nah, that's a stupid idea but I have one rule and that is I make every idea I have sometimes they work and sometimes they don't so <clears throat> took my time put the bar together and then in July of 2016 took it in to the gym on a Sunday morning bench press and it looked it doesn't look any it didn't look anything like it looks today it just was very funky looking and just like stupid looking actually and i thought well if it breaks you know i know where the dumpster is i'll, I'll throw it out right away <clears throat> so we started bench pressing with this thing that looked terrible it took about eight minutes and everybody got very quiet and i looked at um my training partners and i said uh, let me ask you guys something does this bar feel to you like it does to me and about an hour later after the workout, I knew the first thing I was going to do Monday morning was to call my patent attorney. And I did. And I said, how quick can you get me in patent pending? It came on right away. It, it, it worked at, you know, as you know, Austin, it just works right now. It always works good. It, you know, it, it just, the thing works. <clears throat> so, you know, we were all pretty happy with that. And for three months, we, we, we bench pressed with it, we squatted with it, we did all these things, our joints felt great. Three months later, I started having shoulder issues again. And just slowly, a couple of weeks later, my shoulders are in a full-blown inflammation cycle. And I thought, I couldn't understand why. I mean, I thought, well, maybe it's time, maybe I really do need to get something done. But then I thought to myself, what are you doing different? Well, I haven't done any earthquake bar work got onto the earthquake bar, three workouts later with earthquake bar, my shoulders are totally back to normal. That was a very important lesson. That taught me that the Rhinoflex bar can't do what the earthquake bar does, and the earthquake bar can't do what the Rhinoflex bar does. And that's exactly it. And what it boils down to is this, the high kinetic work, the very, very active high kinetic work, like on the earthquake bar, actually powers up and strengthens the stabilizing muscles of the joints. The Rhinoflex bar is merely an activator. So if you don't use the high kinetic work along with the Rhinoflex bar or a steel bar, 
then you're missing out on those powerful stabilizers that are going to keep the joint working as a more perfect mechanical system. And sure enough, when we use both of them together, we now have a perfect world, basically. So you can't ever get too far away from the high kinetic work and bands. So what about the, because there's a couple different Rhino Flex bars, um, yep. or Rhino, Rhino bars, I guess, because you have the Rhino Flex, you have the, the one that I haven't used is the Super Rhino bar. And that mm -hmm. one, that one, so if I understand correctly, that one, the actual uh, diameter of the bar is like a barbell, so it's smaller. Is that correct? The Super Rhino? Yeah. Oh, no, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's an inch and a half um, diameter bar, the same as um, the HD Rhino and okay. the standard Rhino. Gotcha. It's just, okay. it's 97 inches long. It's, it's eight feet long. Gotcha. gotcha. So it's just... Right, so it's just normal. Uh, the width is like standard power bar width. Yeah, it's 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 got the same exact dimensions of a mastodon bar or a bulldog bar. Perfect. So yeah, it makes sense. it's a it's a big ass bar. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. It is a big ass bar. That's all there is to it. But it and works. Yeah. And that, the weight limit, and then you know some of them, depending on the bars you get, have uh, varying weight limits. That one's you know, the like Rhino Flex is like 600 pounds, you know, so any type of pressing and any of that's going to pretty much support just about any normal human being. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, you are working with, obviously, I know you build these bars around very strong individuals too, because you have like, they use them a lot at West Side, a lot of powerlifters use them. So some of these, some of these bar, the, the strength has to be uh, pretty heavy. What? The, the one that I was interested in too, I wanted to hear your opinion on was the strong max bar. Is that, so is that shorter? Is it like a shorter bar? It says it weighs 60 pounds. Yeah, the strong, the strong max bar is also eight feet um, long. Um, okay. And I, I built that because I went about Five years ago, I was at the Arnold Classic, and I thought these strong men, these really giants, you know, uh, Thor and and uh, Brian Shaw and all this kind of stuff, uh, right. these guys. I thought these guys don't really have a kinetic event that they can use in strongman, and I thought, well, I'll try to build something for them. Um, so I built the Strong Max bar, which is, you know, an enormous giant earthquake bar. Um, and it uh, and it, it worked. I couldn't get anybody interested in it. Uh, I couldn't get anybody to say, "Yeah, bring it to a strongman competition. We'll do something with it." But uh, but it's a it's just a big giant, you know, monolith of a bar. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's huge. And I, I thought, you know, these guys are so big. If I if I build some little little bar, people are going to laugh at it. I would have built something where they it will get instant respect, and that bar does because it's it's so damn big, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, because all the the bars, all the bars are are light. They're relatively light, you know. With any like ten, nine, ten pounds, fifteen pounds, maybe at most, some of them. But yeah, they're that bar is 60, 60 pounds. So it, the reason is it just is it just the density of the material is a lot more. 
yeah it the um the wooden dowels on each end are very heavy and the center section is three inches in diameter and it's very thick composite material it's it's totally indestructible bar yeah. i don't care what you do with it i mean you can drop it off a 10-story building it's not going to touch it but you know so it was just an idea and um i still like the bar i still got a few of them but um i can't get strongman interested in them and now they have kinetic you know they have things that are similar to it so i i think it's uh its purpose probably isn't um uh you know isn't as useful in a way as it could be so yeah there's just there's just an ever-evolving amount of bars i mean i know you also have the shorty handle i've seen some people use for some cool uh some cool ideas doing like yeah, yeah doing short- some stuff, like unilateral work and stuff yeah the shorty bar is a great bar and uh chris faccio who's the strongman chairman here in ohio uh, a couple of years ago i saw him post a video on instagram uh, and he was trying to do a single arm press with an earthquake bar and he was having all kinds of problem balancing it and I, I called him up and i said chris you know let me make you something that'll work a little better and uh so i went in the shop and i built a shorty bar and i thought i'll put a rotating handle on it because it'll allow him to bring the bar from the from the ground up overhead uh with more efficiency and it wound up being a really good idea because uh the most iconic lift in the world of strongman of course is the single arm dumbbell press and he said it worked phenomenal to increase the amount of weight he could do in a single single arm dumbbell press uh as well as it was prehabbing the shoulder and just bulletproofing it was bulletproofing shoulders doesn't do a whole lot but what it does do it does very very well so uh, uh a lot of shorty bars wound up people were really wanting shorty bars when they found out how well it works so it's just a one of those goofy ideas that um has some merit to it yeah yeah i've i've definitely seen it around um you know and i uh i use so i have a couple different athletes that come out and train different sports and stuff and they uh i use the heck out of the bars with them they're fantastic for anyone that any type of athlete, not just bodybuilders and powerlifters, because you know anything that requires stability, which is every single every single sport in existence, essentially, um, they they work really really well. Yeah, so the bar that I'm I've been really waiting on and interested in because I've seen the videos, a couple teasers of it was the uh, the safety squat bar. So what's the scoop on that? Yeah, the um, the what you refer to as a safety squat bar, uh, we call the uh, brass knuckle bar, and it's um, uh, it's been the fly in the ointment of all the band belt bars. It's ver- been very difficult to find a, a high quality pad and cover to go onto this bar. So we're going to have two versions. We're going to have an earthquake bar version of it, and then a Rhino Flex version that you can slide plates onto. Um, we've got all the bases covered with those materials, but I can't find the, the kind of quality that I want, uh, for the, the pad and cover. Most of the safety squat bars out there, most of the pads and covers are, 
they fall apart in a relatively short period of time, in a year or so, something like that. And they don't offer the padding and a certain feel that is going to be just perfect. So that's what we're looking for. Um, I don't like to put uh, cheap stuff on uh, or use cheap materials. So um, uh, it, it has to be a great feel for it. Uh, like I said earlier, like a, I, I want them, I want people to think that they're riding, a, that they've got a Rolls Royce on their back and not a <laughs> cheap, uh, cheap car from somewhere. But uh, right. but once we get that done, uh, get that accomplished, um, then I'll put those bars out and, because people are going, people go, people just keep <laughs> sending all kinds of notes and things about they, they they want they want that thing, you know. So yeah. Well, every time it's probably like every time there's a teaser video posted, you probably get an influx of messages or or whatever. I'm sure because it's I kind of I saw it, kind of forgot about it because it didn't come out. Then I saw it again. I'm like shit, when is this thing gonna come out? <laughs> and so that uh, that'll clear it up for people. I guess the that doesn't make sense. I've seen I've used some different safety squad or yoke bars or ssb or you know whatever the heck you want to call it um and yeah the padding does get roughed up and you want it to be kind of needs to be a probably like a firmer material to hold up and feel right yeah i actually made it <clears throat> i i had found somebody who we had, i'd worked with a uh people in the industry and we built one we built actually I built five of them but they were unbelievably expensive and um, but the quality was there it was and anyone who has one today they just you know they you know they just can't stop you know saying enough good things about it so I'm trying to get the same thing done at a price that's going to be more affordable for people because um, you can't drive the cost of something like that too high, but you know, right. aren't gonna, aren't gonna go for it. You know? right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, bar, I mean, barbells in and of themselves are not a cheap purchase for you think about it getting a, something that's a piece of steel that's, you know, whatever <laughs> length they, it is an expensive purchase, but you want to get something that's good. So yeah, I mean, the bars are what's interesting about the bars too because i've had people ask me this is the resilience of the material you know i've had people ask well the bars are constantly being bent is it kind of like a barbell where you know if you you have a a cheap barbell if you bend it enough it's probably going to stay bent right whereas these always return back to normal i mean i don't know there's people that have had the bars way longer than i have but are they are these bars that they're just going to last for long, long periods of time? Do they have kind of a breakdown shelf life or how does that work? Well, they, 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 they don't, they don't bend. They don't stay bent. I mean, they'll flex and give. Exactly. Yeah. But you'll never find one of them that will actually bend like a steel bar and stay bent. Right. Um, I've got bars that have been out there eight, nine, 10 years and they're still, they're still working. They're still doing their job. Um, about four years ago, four or five years ago, I beefed up the, I beefed the bars up even more, uh, because we found a process that allowed us to do that. Still kept it very, very conductive of energy, uh, and 
just kind of like an insurance policy for strength. And that's been a, that was a good move that, that there, those bars hold up. I, I don't want to hear from anyone after they get one. In other words, I want right. that bar working for them for the rest of their life. If, you know, and I think we're getting pretty close to that. Um, out of the, all the bars that we've sold, I've maybe had four or five bars come back. Um, and it was usually just a, a weakness in the production of it or the assembly. Sometimes materials will have an inherent weakness in it. Um, and, you know, it expresses itself. And we have a, we have a lifetime warranty on those bars. I, we re I replace them. No questions asked as long as it looks like it, it, it was a legitimate, uh, uh, a legitimate problem and not somebody dragging it behind a pickup truck for, for 15 miles or something, right. you know, but uh, right. yeah, you know, so yeah, they hold up. They really do hold up. Is there, is there anything else in the works that we might see or is the safety bar our next uh, unveiling? Yeah, the safety bar will be um, will be really good. It's still going to have a lot of the properties of of the Rhinoflex bar. Uh, so it like when you're squatting with it or good mornings or that type of thing, it it will the the, the prototypes that we've tested out um, they work better than steel. So it feels better on the joints than steel, and I think it'll be a successful design. There are a few other ideas in the pipeline right now, and um, uh, I'll try to work. We'll be working on those uh, after we get the, uh, the the brass knuckle bars out. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. If I didn't yep. have to run the business, uh, I would just work in the design and the ideas because I have so many ideas stacked up right now that I can't get to them all. Um, so it's. Uh, uh, you know, hopefully there'll be some, some new things coming out as well. What's the, I wasn't going to ask too, cause I don't know if I've seen it anywhere. What's the actual weight limit on that, that brass knuckle bar? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, depends on how, depends on what the final design is. But um, if I make it out of the same material as the uh, super rhino, it'll be unlimited. I don't care what you put on it. You, you, you know, you can put anything you want on it. Um, if I if if I decide to go a little more kinetically active and uh, make it like the uh, the HD the heavy duty Rhino, um, probably limit it to like six hundred, you know, six fifty something like that, just for safety's sake and for liability yeah. purposes. So, but if we go the route of the Super Rhino, you whatever. Whatever your heart desires, you just load that baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you figure, you figure though, with the way that you can load the bars, even if you went with the denser material and and it had slightly less, uh, you know, kinetic energy within the bar, you can always hang bands and stuff from it and make it. You, you know, if you really want to hang lighter bands or more bands versus using the hangers or all that stuff, I mean, you can always make it more kinetic. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, so. and the thing about the Rhinoflex bars, I mean, <clears throat> the Rhinoflex bars, you can hang bands from it, and it works almost as well as the Earthquake bar. Um, right. The difference is so slight that it's probably not worth talking about. 
and the right. beauty of the Rhinoflex bar is so therefore you have it you have the it's a high kinetic platform it's a low kinetic platform with sliding plates onto it or a mixed combo platform where you can hang kettlebells from it and then keep adding plates onto it so that you're getting a mixture of both and that's how we like to use it especially for bench pressing so we'll just keep you know we'll go up to three three twenty three fifty and only 50 pounds on the bar are kinetic so we'll have two 25 pound kettlebells on each side up against the stops and we keep loading plates on it and it's just beautiful the way it works the other way it works very very well is taking the anchor loaders which we have on the website and hanging chains from those anchor loaders mm -hmm. uh, chains on the rhino flex are it's a fabulous workout it i, I you know it, it's again one of our favorite uh, setups and workouts to do. Um, so chains on those bars have so many different combinations and mixtures of things to use. It's just, you know, it's, it's almost hard to decide what to do. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is. There's like, I, every time I think of something else, I'm like, I can see somebody online with some crazy contraption. Like, geez, <laughs> there's so many, uh, there's a lot of different ways you can use it. So yeah, you saying it's kind that, of and sorry, I just realized I've been silent here because I've been watching all the training videos on, on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Go to, go to, yeah. The band belt, all the good stuff um, and ideas that people come up with, you'll find it on the band belt Instagram page because we'll repost all this great stuff, functional training things, uh, power movements, like what you guys are doing, you know, bodybuilding stuff, um you know crossfit stuff which it doesn't you don't see so much of anymore but um you know it's that's that's the place for for checking out new ideas yeah yep. at it. it's, um, it's pretty cool so anybody listening hey look, why don't you let everybody listening know know the um the instagram and or where they can find you etc so they can check out some of these videos for themselves okay yeah it's um just at Bandbell, B-A-N-D-B-E-L-L. -L. And that's our Instagram page. Um, you can check that out. Uh, we're also on YouTube, um, just Bandbell YouTube channel. Not a whole lot of stuff there, but some good basics um, are there. And um, that's pretty much about it. But Instagram is our main. We're also on Facebook, but uh, Instagram's the main one for us. Yeah, right every, everyone's using Instagram now, aren't they? I think that's the main social media platform for everybody. Um, so yeah, guys, do check it out because I've just looked through the videos and they're really cool. I'm going to um, I'm going to have to make sure that I I do buy one of these these bars from you, especially since I'm training at home for for God knows how long, and I've only got the the rack. Um, it would it well, it would finally give me an option to overhead press because I can't really overhead press because of my my shoulder issues so um yeah that that would be really cool and um when i do get one i'll co-sign it um so anybody listening you can dm me and ask me what i think because <laughs> i'll i'll definitely get my hands on one i'm i'm sold you've sold it to me jim nice one <laughs> thank you <laughs> so um yeah austin anything else that you wanted to dig through before we let everybody go no that's yeah that's great on my end yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I, I just wanted to ask you, Jim, what was it like training with Louis Simmons, the man himself? Boy, uh, it, you know, it hard to describe. It was uh, dreadful. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you know, he's a very, uh, he's a genius and there's no question about that in what he's been able to do. Extremely driven, uh, single-minded of purpose. Um, I've never seen or known anyone who just never took their foot off the, off the pedal um, all these years. Um, it's, it, he just, it was a period of discovery, of excitement, um, of, you know, just unbelievable uh, reaching of goals. And, uh, you know, it was, I just can't say enough about it. I, I just am thankful every day that I had that opportunity to be there when it all started and didn't miss a single second of it. So um, uh, it, it was the best part of my life. I mean, uh, there's no question about it. And here's a million dollar, I'm sorry. Million dollar, million dollar question is, did the discovery of the band bell make Louis crack a smile? <laughs> or did make him crack him? a smile? Did it annoy him that he didn't think of it first? Well, I <laughs> yeah, or was he annoyed? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, um, he's the kind of guy that even if you're great friends with him, which I, which I am, if he didn't like it, uh, he wouldn't allow it in his gym, and he would tell you that, it, that it's junk. Um, so I knew that when he started using it and made, made it a part of the regular routine of all the guys at Westside, I mean, I knew that that was it. it it's you know it's accepted and it's not going anywhere that's all the cosign yeah. you need so everybody don't wait for me to try the bar it's been signed off by Luke Simmons, so <laughs> might as well yeah <laughs> there you go well thank you for Those coming guys, on, highly appreciate hey, it you guys are great man i really really thanks for the chat and um uh, yeah absolutely take care and be safe beautiful thank you everybody for listening please check out the sponsors below i'm going to have all of band bell's links in the show notes below also so please do go and check them out and their instagram i'll also link that go and check out the trainer videos and we'll catch you guys next week thank you very much